Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organize Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me was reborn as a podcast in 2020 to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organize Curate Design, I welcome you to season two, another year of sharing the stories of inspirational women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today I have with me my very good friend, Melissa Martin. Melissa, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Caroline. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Now you have a very short and sweet bio that I am going to share with our listeners so we can learn a little bit more about you. So Melissa Martin has been working as a photographer for the last four and a half years, working with ambitious leaders and business owners who want to be seen and grow their personal brand and business online. Before becoming a photographer, Melissa worked as a litigation paralegal at a large firm, um, a large law firm by day and played in her own band at night. See, I didn't know this. So we have so many things to talk about. (laughs) Falling in love with her now husband and starting a family changed the direction of her life. These days, Melissa is passionate about helping others navigate their challenges and moving closer to who they want to be through mentoring and personal branding photography, whilst also taking care of her family as a mother and wife. Oh my goodness. So many (laughs) questions. Um, That is a really short and sweet bio. Sometimes I get them and they're pages and pages long and I kind of have to cut them down because I'm conscious of, of time and wanting to get stuck in and all that sort of stuff. But there's a lot there. There's, there is a lot there. As, <laughs> Multiple lives. <laughs> I love that though. Um, so if someone had said to you as a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? Were any of those things on the list? Uh, yes. So I always sort of, um, I guess I always struggled to choose one thing mm-hmm. as a child. And yeah. so when I kind of realised that that wasn't sort of kind of going to work for me I just thought to myself well I will just be uh, flexible and adaptable and and go with what my interests are and um, see see what happens but I definitely you know as a 14 year old I really wanted to be a singer musician play music write songs that was something that was yeah I don't know when I stumbled across that it was just like oh my god that's it that's that's what I want to be um yeah, but it, it took a while to get there just because, um, you know, I guess uh, my parents just weren't thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember telling my dad, I was like, you know, I really want to learn how to play guitar and write my own songs and sing in a band and, you know, do that. And he just was not having it. <laughs> so was that more that he wasn't having it at all or that he didn't want it to be a career path? Uh, both, I think. Yeah. He just was like that. He said, you know, I think he said things like you have to be exceptionally talented to be a successful musician, Mm -hmm. which of course, as a 14 year old girl, you go, Oh, that means I'm not like, do you know, it's just that kind of interpretation of saying, well, you know, and, and it also, it's interesting because the language that he used, you know, I see this as an adult, but the language that he used, you know, you have to be exceptionally talented. And that to me meant you have to be born with it. It wasn't something you could work on or craft or practice. Mm. It meant that you have to be, yeah, you you were inherently born with this 
thing and mm. it was just and time would just eventually mean that you know you pick up a guitar and you can just play because you're talented <laughs> you know and so I just immediately went oh so I don't I don't have that then okay cool that's really sad and yeah. I did become very sad after having that conversation oh. with him because I just thought well there's nothing really else at the moment that's kind of inspiring me or kind mm. of that I see myself doing mm. so yeah it was a very interesting moment that kind of then you know I had to put that aside and then I and then I sort of was like well what what do I do you know mm. like what where do I go mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that that's you at 14 do you pursue that in any way at that point or do you just park it I parked it because you know as much as I thought I can do this it's, there's something about you know it's, it's something about having your parents consent and support that's mm. very very powerful and even mm. though I was like I can do this on my own I was like I can't do this on my own like this is not it's not going to be fun you know what I mean mm. it's not going mm. to be like um yeah it's not going to how can I do this without the support like that's yeah. that's kind of the feeling at 14 because you don't know what you don't know and you just you know you kind of when I came to him with that revelation, I was yeah. hoping he would be really excited. <laughs> you know, like get on board. Yeah. He's like, um, I'm going to be your band manager. That's what yeah. you're hoping Oh, would. man. Could you imagine? I would have just been like, yes. And it's interesting because I, I know that had he had he'd been as excited as I was, then I would have, you know, if he had said, great, I'm going to help you with this, but mm. let's get your schoolwork done. Let's get to year 12. Let's also think about, mm. you know, mm. what may, you know, let's also kind of um, do a plan B. I would have been on board with that because, mm. I, you know, you would have been like, okay, well, yeah, you know, this is what I really want to do and that's going to take time. But my dad's behind me. I'll get this done mm. and then we can kind of, you know, and obviously who knows what would have happened, but it's just interesting. And so I'm very mindful with my girls to always be very, you know, encouraging supportive of their, mm. the things that spark them, yeah. you know. So when does the whole legal paralegal part come in? Uh, oh, so um, my band had just returned from um, the US on a very sort of. Uh... Wait, wait, wait. Pause oh, paralegal. Can you <laughs> fill in the gap between 14 and my oh, band just came back from the US? I think I we missed a part of the story. Tell us that part. Oh, I know. But it's, it's kind of like, well, it, it's very, it's a winding road, right? It's a very winding road because. So that was all parked and then I went on to, you know, do what my parents wanted me to do, which was a business degree in mm-hmm. accounting and finance, yeah. um, which, you know, at the time when I was doing it was so hard because I just, you know, just it was just so hard, but I knew I just had to get it done, you know, because I didn't know what else to do. And after I finished that, I was like, right, it's my time now. I'm going to do what I want. And if it's, I'm going to spend time exploring what that's going to be for me. And, you know, I really love seeing performing and stuff. And so I just, um, there was a, like a one year part-time course going at the Academy of Performing Arts, Mm -hmm. WA, um, just like an intro to acting and and theater and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to do that. That's going to, that sounds fun. Mm. And so I did that and, you know, the bug bit sort of thing. And I was like, oh my God, acting's amazing. You know, you can, play so much and it just I don't know for me at the time was about exploring um you know what it means to be people and exploring kind of the challenges that we come up against how do we navigate those how you know why are people the way they are why are Mm. characters the way they are you Mm. know we're all a character and we all play multiple roles and it's yeah definitely 
a fascinating kind of, um, you know, uh, exploration into, into that, into mm. life and, and, you know, what we're doing. And so I then was like, okay, I'm going to do acting. And mm. so I pursued that and I moved to Sydney after that one year course um, to continue, you know, training and working in theater and doing small roles and things like that. And that's also when I started um, teaching myself to play guitar and sing and write songs. And mm. so I sort of, yeah, escaped to Sydney to, I guess, you know, live out that kind of that dream that I've always carried. Yeah. Um, and so when I then moved to Melbourne, I finally then sort of put my band together after a few years, you know, of wanting to do that. And yeah, yeah started playing gigs around Melbourne and everything. And it was just at the, um, you know, the start when MySpace was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was great for seeing, artists. Oh, yeah. And MySpace the, you is know, the best for artists. Yeah. Just exploring up and coming, you know, musicians mm. and new, new music. And you started hearing these stories of people sort of, you know, um, booking tours because mm. they were connecting with other musicians from across the world who were like, come over, we'll, you know, come and open out for our show. And all this started happening. And so we then, Oh, it's kind of a tricky story, but we obviously, you know, we got um, contacted by uh, someone who ran a, a like a college radio mm-hmm. um, show who really liked our music and said, come over, I'll book you these gigs, da, da, da. And we were like, we didn't want to say no because it was, you know, yeah. it was like, well, this that could be risky. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, we checked him out online and we, you know, we had phone calls and things and that, and we just, we were like, well, we don't know if this could work, but we don't want to say no Yeah. because, you know, let's just go over. And if things don't turn out the way we want, we'll just come back. Mm. And that, that's essentially what we did. Yeah. Things did not turn out the way. That we no, but you but, took a leap of faith. That's yeah. quite exciting. And so, yeah, my band and I, yeah, we went to LA and then um, Chicago and then New York. And just played a show in each city and, you know, made some friends, had a good time, but we were only out over there for four weeks before it was just like, okay, we've got to, we've got to come back. This isn't really yet panned out the way we wanted to. Wow. So So were you the front runner, um, like the front woman of the band? Um, So were you the driving force of, uh, were you the driving force of um, lead singer and guitar? Was that the role in the band? Yes, lead singer and guitar. The driving force of things happening I was was very much (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, I love that so much like I it's funny um so one of our mutual friends Sean um put your name forward and said you've got to interview Mel and I was like cool we can chat about photography and he's like no 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 like there's so much more and I was like what are you talking about like I yeah so yeah yeah now I know wow I know that's so cool so was, then you yeah. come back. Where does the paralegal part? So this is where you come back. This from is it. Yeah, this is where we come back. And it's just sort of like we're all a bit uh, deflated and tired and, you know, sort of, I guess, kind of going, okay, what's next? And we, you know, uh, wanted to record an album. And, you know, so we learned a lot from going overseas and mm-hmm. we learned a lot about kind of what we needed to do. But, um, yeah, we needed to get back to work and obviously work full time and stuff. And um, for me, I was like, well, you know, I have um, this business background. um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I started to sort of apply for jobs and basically landed a paralegal role um, at a very small firm at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, that's what started the journey into paralegal because I did, you know, law subjects as part of my um, business degree and, Mm -hmm. and really enjoyed them and everything. And I think that my business degree also gave me a very like, you know, I had that um, knowledge and awareness of um, business and corporate structures and Mm -hmm legal corporate legal stuff and yeah yeah, it sort of does it did predispose me then to be able to do that role um and so that's what started it so yeah wow so they they weren't happening were you still doing were you still playing and performing and and oh yeah and stuff at whilst being a paralegal was it happening at the same time yeah exactly the same time so it was yeah you know at work 8 30 till 5 36 and then come home go to rehearsals you know, and then on the weekends, sometimes play during the week and then on the weekend, Friday, Saturday nights, yeah, play shows and then do it all again the next week. (laughs) The joys of youth. (laughs) The joys of pre-children. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so much energy, just being able to kind of bounce, you know. Just just being able to back it up, like do that. And obviously being in that environment, you know, you're you're out late, you're having some drinks after the show or you're catching up with people because you're winding down post that adrenaline of being on stage. And that's so much fun. But, man, the thought of doing that at my age is like, oh, oh I couldn't I, do it. Yeah, no way. <laughs> and there's no way. And that that's why we sort of, you know, I, I don't really play anymore or, you know, um, yeah, publicly. That is obviously I, I love singing at home and stuff like yeah. that. But the thought of, you know, um, getting up on stage at 11 30 at night to play for an hour <laughs> on a Thursday night um that's no. a school night yeah exactly I'm just like I don't have the energy you know anymore oh my goodness so, me. but I'm, I'm glad I did it I'm glad I got it out of my system if you know what I mean it's yeah you know, I, I'm glad I got to express that so what did your dad think when this all happened I'm really uh, curious to see well, how that see. played out um, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was 24, so he oh. never really got to see. He never did, really got to when see. When did you start playing? Um, it was after that. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so he never really that. got to see. No. So that's okay. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of, you know, I guess um, a bit bittersweet, but, yeah, yeah, I think that life is just, that's how life unfolds sometimes. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because even as you described that moment in time with him and having that discussion of just somewhere in your in your psyche you were like I can actually do this and learn this um but you just had to park it for a while and and do for lack of better terms what the good girl does which is go do what you're told and go get the degree and go do the thing because you're going to be the good girl and you're not going to be the rebel that says no I'm going to go do the thing and be a rock star (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it does take us a really long time, sometimes into our twenties to go, I think I can still do that. So. Yeah. And it just, I think, I think what happened was when he passed away, it basically, it, you know, I, I just realized life's not a rehearsal. Mm. You've got to, you've got to you've be got able to, to you've got to do the things that speak to you and that, you know, you're holding your heart because I just, I had this moment where I was like, uh, how am I going to feel if I don't, you know, Am I going to be kind of going, I should have just done it. Even like whatever happened, you know, I might, I might not win an, a Grammy, but, you know, or get a top 10 hit on the radio. But um, at least I have sort of honoured that part of myself, you mm. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it just made me realise, you know, life's not a rehearsal. And being authentic really 
does look weird from the outside. You know what I mean? It's not this, um, it's not this perfect story arc that goes, Oh, started here and went there. And it's, it's not, it's actually very like, uh, it's, it's very squiggly, the kind of the path that we walk when I think we're being super authentic to ourselves. Yeah. I'm actually really curious to see how that plays into your branding work that you do. But before we get to that, where does photography fit into the storyline? Ah, uh, so, <laughs> so my sister uh, was an amazing photographer as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, straight after leaving school, was accepted into RMIT uh, to do commercial photography, which she graduated from and then worked as a photographer um, mm-hmm. for, I think, about 10 years. This is back when it was before digital. So um, Wow, so like proper processing and stuff. Yeah, film, yep. Wow. Um, but then she, you know, when did the whole digital thing came in, she that's when she segued into um fashion because she was already sort of I guess working in that world Mm. so she then started working um in retail and fashion and then moving up the ranks in that um and so anyway when I became a mum and had my first baby uh you know I obviously I I was like okay so what am I going to do because working at the law firm was very demanding Mm, yeah and there's a culture that basically um says that you know you sort of have to act as though you don't have children <laughs> you know yeah you have to be uh well I think this is in a lot of career cases like you have to pretend that you don't have children when you're at work and Correct. when you're at home you have to pretend you don't have a job yeah yeah or career. And, yeah and I knew that um trying to sort of manage those that that would just um be too exhausting for me it mm. would have just you know because having like a high you know the thing with working as a paralegal especially in litigation um it's a very high pressure job which i enjoyed but um you have to have accuracy and attention to detail and be across everything yeah. at all times and after having my first baby you know i would forget like my brain just changed i mean <laughs> mum brain is brain. a Mush. real thing and i was like oh my god i just i i just you know things have shifted so much that i don't i'm not sure i could perform that role um to the level that I had been so mm. yeah all of, all of those and logistics and daycare and all that and I just was like oh and then also you know when my first baby was six months old I felt pregnant again so now I'm like preparing to have two kids <laughs> under two you know so that's what made me then say okay I need to create um or find a role that is going to fit now with family life mm-hmm. and going to yeah give me the flexibility that I need and want to be able to, yeah, still look after my family and, mm. and work, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, photography was the calling. It was, yeah. It was a strange discovery. I really, I spent a year exploring kind of what I could do, mm-hmm. but it, it was that that sort of, um, yeah, spoke to me the most. So, I so just, what is it about photography that you love so much? I think it's, you know, um, I think it's holding space for people to be themselves and to be mm. seen because what started the photography journey for me is that when I was at home um, with my two babies, you know, a, a part of me still craved some sort of work or creative outlet. And my husband lent me his DSLR and said, here, you know, have a play with this and stuff. 
And so I started taking self-portraits and that just made me feel very seen. I don't know why even, you know, and I started a little blog as well and about, you know, motherhood and just, you know, being a stay-at-home parent and stuff. And just um, it was very powerful, you know, it was very transformative because I could sort of create these scenes and, and, and um, these self create these self-portraits that had a story and, um, you know, an aesthetic and a style and it just... I found it really empowering. And then it, yeah, I was like, oh, more people need to experience this. You know, it's such a sort of, um, you know, it seems so simple, but it's so powerful. And yeah. that's kind of what started, yeah, the journey because I was like, you know, photography is a very powerful thing and to be, allow yourself to be photographed and to have that and to capture that moment mm. um, is, uh, yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely. And there's so many different types of photography, but I know that the area that you work in, especially when you're working with small business owners and or entrepreneurs and people that are really at the early stages of that part of their life and that part of their journey, branding comes into it. And, yeah. and you touched on that a little bit a moment ago, um, but what is it? How do you grab that essence of being seen whilst also making the person feel comfortable? Because I know a lot of small business owners that would hate to be in front of a camera. Um, so what what's the space that's created for them? My process that um, I've created and refined over time is that what I'm asking or inviting, the person to do is step into their future self mm. because if you think about it as business owners we are I guess we're we're trying to create a business that um, transforms or solves a problem and so I say to people where do you see yourself in say two or three years time you know because we're all aspiring to something and we're all, all aspiring to become something um, and so I, I say uh, who is your future self what does, what do they look like? You know, um, how do they dress? Where, how do you see, where do you see your business in two or three years time? And so we get really clear about who that persona is. Mm. And so then I hold space literally in the studio to then create that uh, future self and mm. capture the future self. Yeah. Wow. So that people are the photo shoot almost transforms them and almost collapses time for them because mm -hmm. we're not capturing it's not a documentary it's not about you know like um you know this is who you are today that the photo shoot itself is like an opportunity to step forward and become that future self and be photographed as that future self mm -hmm. and so um yeah that's that's i guess how i do it that's that's part of my process Wow. I don't know if I explained that. Probably. No, you did. It was like, I, and I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I guess I'm a little bit different because I've been in front of a camera before and when I was younger um, due to my modelling work. But mm -hmm. stepping in front of the camera when it's you and you're like, you're not representing another brand or you're not taking a, a you know, a silly photo or a, a really candid photo with your family. It's, it's a very different, it is, it's, it's a completely different ball game and it can be terrifying as a small business owner to really, because you have to step up to that. 
Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it. To step up to that, which that's is right. Yeah. But as business owners, if you're a business owner and entrepreneur, um, whether you realize it or not, you're a leader because you're mm. constantly the one who has to make things happen and yeah. make decisions and yeah. design and create and mm. you know mm. so it's it's really just an extension of that and and it's also about you know when you sort of create or when you um discover your future self or when you sort of I go oh yeah that's who I'm becoming and then you are photographed as that future self it can be also really inspiring and you sort of it can still be a bit scary but when you think you know I'm doing this for my business and mm. this is part of who I'm becoming then it's it's almost exciting and inspiring. Yeah. Gives you a bit of a pathway as well because you can see it. And when you can see something, yes. like when you see those photos and I, I've had, I've watched people and, and I've seen some of the work that you've produced where I've known the person, but then I've seen the work and I'm like, I totally get that journey that you've just explained to us. So that is amazing. So how does that tie into finding your personal brand? Because I think that everyone needs a personal brand, even if you're not a small business owner. That's just me personally. I think that, as you said, it's we wear all the different hats and we um, we have all the different personas of us because um, that's just yes. what life is like. Um, yeah. We all wear different hats. But a personal brand is, is, a, is a phrase and a term, especially if you're in business, that is thrown around so much. But what do you think people if they haven't really quite got there yet, what can they be thinking about when it comes to finding what their personal brand is? I think it, it, I always, um, I always start out with what do you want to achieve? Like, what do you want your life to look like? Mm. And, you know, that takes time sometimes to explore and, you know, um, come to a point where you go, Oh, this is what I'd love, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think, the personal brand is then sort of being reflective and kind of saying, um, do you feel that how things look like, you know, compared to how things are now, do you think that how things are now is going to, you know, is yeah. there a kind of alignment to that yeah. future vision? Mm. And I think that um, when you say no, then you explore where can we um what can we change and, and uh, you know, not change, but what can we evolve to? Yeah. Or just to align adjust. ourselves. Yeah. To align yeah. ourselves with that um, future vision mm. of ourselves. Um, and it takes, I think, a lot of mindfulness and it takes a lot of re being reflective and honest with yourself and, mm. you know, to, um, to do. But I think what people think is that personal brand is, I don't know, there's so many sort of, different interpretations of what it is yeah um and i think ultimately um and also people think it's static yes that's so, so true one thing this is who i am and that's it and it's not it's, <laughs> it's a it's it's an evolution you yeah. know your personal brand i think is always being refined mm. um and it always evolves but i think it you know it it, it starts with asking you know um what your vision is for your mm. life or your business and then working backwards and then also examining what your values are, yeah. um, you know, and trying to align that with that future vision. Yeah. I love that. I love how you describe that. It's so interesting because I talk about that particular 
concept as my legacy piece. So I often think, okay, if I was on my deathbed tomorrow, what would I want to be remembered for? What would I want people to be saying? How do I want to make people feel? Um, what, uh, you know, that I think there's like a saying around like, people are only ever forgotten when people stop speaking about them or remembering them sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I often think about that and think, okay, well, what is, what am I leaving behind? And then I think, well, what am I doing today? And does that align with what I want to leave behind? Um, And you can, you can make really simple adjustments every day. And that can be based on what you're grateful for, how you treat people, how you speak to your children, um, just how you view the world and and how you your resilience and and just all the things all the things there's so many things that you can do to work towards that um and yeah I had this conversation once with my husband and I was like if it all ended tomorrow I'd be okay and he's like what do you what do you mean and I'm like I would be a hundred percent okay because I don't need to do any more things like yes every day I get up and I'm grateful for the day and I can do the things with the fact that I have another day but if I didn't have another day I'd be so incredibly proud and grateful for everything I've done Mm -hmm. and that is my brand like that is that is a big part of that and that's why it has to evolve because you know today 38 year old Caroline was hoping that I'll be doing different things 10 years from now and and whatever else but that that they align with that overall brand of who I want who I am and who I want to be remembered for so That's a really, really good way of looking at it Um, because it can be a bit, I think people hear the word brand and they think Coca-Cola. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They're like, oh, but what would I put on a billboard? And it's like nothing because unless you're going to pay for a billboard, you don't need to worry about that. (laughs) That's right. And also I think because the way that we interact is changing so much and so Mm. much of our lives happen online and are shared online. Yeah. I think that the, the 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 term brand is itself evolving and expanding. Yeah, that's so true. You know, so it's it's yeah, it's not. It's it's basically, I think, like yeah, like what you're saying. It's how you treat people. It's, mm. it's the interactions. It's the language you use. It's you know, it's yeah. becoming sort of more. It's becoming more personal and therefore more expansive as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, think it's really important to be to really acknowledge how you make people feel the presence that you bring into a room be it online or in a physical room um yeah something I often talk to my kids about I'm like what energy are you bring into the space because yeah hey, that's not nice energy can you take that outside <laughs> this is a common space we have to share this space together yes um, which is so funny and speaking of kids you and your beautiful daughters, who I have had the pleasure of meeting and they're just delightful, <laughs> um, you you um, created something very cool last year during a pandemic. Yes. Um, tell us what you created with your family, or specifically uh, your daughters, but it sounded like it was a family affair. Yes, well, uh, it was the middle of lockdown. I think we were in April, yeah, April, May or something, and uh you know, I couldn't work. My husband was working from home. Mm. We were doing homeschooling, um, that whole thing. <laughs> we, we shall never talk about that. Yeah, let's not go. <laughs> let's not relive the nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we are just sitting around and sort of, I don't know, we were talking or just having a chat and stuff. And um, my daughter, who was six at the time, just said, um, 
I want to start a tea company. I don't know where she got that from. I just, I can't even recall, but I just remember her saying that. And, you know, at the time, everything was so random and felt so a bit ridiculous, just the way everything was just, you're just like, is this even happening? You know, Um, reality just seemed like, it just didn't seem real. Everything because yeah, we were weird. not in real. Like, well, we yeah. were in the version of 2020 that was reality, but yeah, but it was like a happening. movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just definitely. like I can't believe the streets are empty. I can't believe everyone is locked down in their house. You know, just mm. crazy stuff. Yeah. So when she said that, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Let's just go with it. And when I think about what you were sharing about your dad, obviously you're a bit older than your daughter, six, like being six. Um. But, yeah, I know that that's a big part of your mindset as a parent, so why not? Yeah, exactly. I was like, sure, okay, cool, let's do it. And so we started just researching because obviously we had time and, you know, you're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to see where this goes. It was just mm-hmm. an idea and she was seemed really excited about it. And so I just started, you know, researching online, where do we get tea, how do we buy tea? And, you know, because we had like, yeah, we were in lockdown and I guess just to pass the time I just was like, I'm going to start a little tea company on her behalf (laughs) (laughs) as you do because you you know I wasn't working and I didn't know what was going to happen with my business I just was like oh what's going to happen and I guess um you know I was a little bit sad that I wasn't working so this was a perfect distraction too yeah you know just to create something I love so tell us what's the what's the tea brand called and what kind of tea do you make okay so we named ourselves the Richardson family tea Mm -hmm. Um, and we have, we basically blend organic tea and we blend black tea with herbs, yeah. with herbal tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've only got six blends at the moment mm-hmm. and we do it all from our, our home, our kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we, we just created six blends and, and the way it started is, um, we, we got a whole bunch of different teas and we all sat down as a family and we went around and we sampled them all mm-hmm. and had a list and we each created our own blend. So my daughters, Thea and Roxy, created their own blend based on what they liked. Mm-hmm. And my husband created his blend on what he liked. And I created my blend yeah. um, on and what I And then what's the other two then? What are the extra? Because you said six. Yeah. So the other two are um, the other two are a cup of comfort, which was mm. something that we wanted for everybody during the pandemic. We just mm. wanted to be able to share a cup of comfort and oh, for people to be so able nice. to share a cup of comfort. Cause it was the only thing we thought that, you know, you could kind of post and send to people that they can actually experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, I and, love that. Yeah. And that whole ritual of making a cup of tea, especially, especially like, it's you know, not tea. in a tea bag kind of tea. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. something very real, 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 you know what I'm going for? Ritualistic. <laughs> yes, ritualistic <laughs> of making a loose leaf tea in a teapot or whatever. Yeah, yeah no, and the fact that it was been made to to in, and give you a sense of comfort mm. is very. Oh, I, I, I thought that, that that was really, yeah, just it, it was what everyone needed, yeah. you know, during that time. Mm. Um, and I cannot recall what <laughs> the other one. Oh, it was a green tea. That's right. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Thea's teacher at the time who really helped her through um, lockdown loves Mm. green tea. So we made a special blend. Oh, that's lovely. Like in honour of her. So Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So people can buy your tea online. The business is still running. It's still running. 
I've just I've had to just quickly just shut the shop for a second just because we just have to uh, implement a few things like we have to um, improve our our labeling on the packet. Mm-hmm. So we had a little visit from the council who were lovely, very lovely. Um, and they <laughs> said but they hey, were like, you need to do it this way. You need to <laughs> it's not a pandemic just, anymore. Yeah. If you want to do this as a business, yeah, exactly. we need you to follow these rules. Yeah. Yeah. So she just said you need to actually add the labels on the packaging because um, you know, all our ingredients and stuff are listed on the shop site because when people buy, that's you know, yeah. we thought, oh, that's where the information, that yeah. information is to go. But yeah. it also needs to go on the packaging. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the stickers and labels to arrive. Um, and once we have that all sorted and the council gives us the yay, you're good to go, the shop will open again. <laughs> No problem. Well, we will make sure that the website link is in the show notes. If by chance when this episode is released, it's not there, that's cool. Just be patient. The stickers yeah. are on their, on their way and um, Mel and the team, the team of Richardson's will get, the, get everything <laughs> live. And we actually have some of your tea. I've gifted some and I've had some myself and it is delicious. And I agree with you. It is a ritual to, you know, it's easy to put the kettle on take a tea bag out and do your thing if you're on the go but yeah the slowness of just those extra couple of steps and and even just making a pot of tea to share with someone because you don't have to make a pot of tea just for one person um yes it's also really lovely so that is awesome that is such a great heartwarming story to come out of last year especially as you said while you know you couldn't work and I knew I know that you created a lot of amazing things with your photography whilst you played with different just different elements that you probably don't normally get time to play with which is always really lovely um so what's on the horizon now t just needs some stickers and a few more approvals so we know where that's at um the kids are back at school have been for quite some time actually they're about to go on holidays again so (laughs) yeah We love our children. I shouldn't groan like that. It makes it sound terrible. Um, but what um, do the girls want to make any more tea or is it? are you going to stick to the six at the moment? I think we'll stick to the six at the moment, um, yeah, and just see how it goes just because our space is a, you know, yeah, our you space is limited and stuff. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, we're, but we do have other blends that I've sort of, conceptualized that um I'm keen to release later on um yeah so I've got I've got the ingredients ready to go so now it's just a a matter of uh experimenting with different blends to hit the right notes that I'm trying to create for this particular is it just me does this sound like something you're doing now are the girls still involved (laughs) they're still involved do they still care or have they given up (laughs) look it's kind of like they sort of, um, it's half and half, you know. So now that they're back at school and things are going, they, yeah. they're still like, you know, like uh, Thea loves to tell people um, that she owns a tea company. Oh, <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> but, you know, she she's like, I guess, yeah, you know, the um, the visionary and I'm like the the You're the doer. Executive officer, yeah, <laughs> CEO kind of, you know. At CEO, CMO, CFO, and she's just like the one who sort of She's the face of the brand. She's the face of the brand, yeah. <laughs> and sits back and goes, oh, do this, do that, let's oh, do that. And I was like, okay. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> so other than blending tea and playing with 
lens. What else is on the horizon for you at the moment? What are you working on at the moment? Uh, so at the moment, I've uh, created a campaign um, through my photography called the Let Yourself Be Seen campaign, mm. where I'm inviting women to uh, be bold and embrace the leader within and step in front of my camera and uh, have a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, to basically amplify their message and and share the good work that they do with the world because, uh, without visibility, without reaching people and without, you know, people knowing what you do, then um, it's very hard to have the impact, I think, that you, most of us who are in business want to have. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, highlighting the need for visibility in business mm-hmm. by creating this campaign and, um, yeah, inviting women to, to come and have a photo shoot and um, grow their brand online. Yeah. And I think, um, first of all, anyone that just heard that and was like, oh my goodness, I need some of that, all of Melissa's details will be in the show notes so um, you can connect with her and check out her socials and all that sort of stuff. But I actually think what you just said is also representative of women in corporate. So often um, what I hear from women who um, are employees is they have their no one ever works nine to five, but they have their nine to five. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they often have other things that they're passionate about. And that's that overall brand. That's that legacy piece, whatever we want to call it. And I think that there are probably women that are listening right now who may not be small business owners, but who could just benefit in having some really good headshots and um, some beautiful photos. And if they want to uh, like, put their hand up to be on a board, be it pro bono, volunteer-based, or if they do want to um, apply for a new job or just update their LinkedIn or um, just have some beautiful photos of themselves where they aren't being mum and they aren't doing this and, like, they're not being all the other things. They're just being themselves and they're really standing in their own leadership presence. Um, I think that would be great for, for women in you know, that are employees as well as, as we know, um, our small business owners and entrepreneurs. So don't hear that and think you can only engage with Mel if you are a small business owner, because I actually think that that would be really beneficial for women to just have that moment and just be in their own presence. A hundred percent. I mean, I even have, um, you know, stay-at-home mums reach out to me and say, I just want to be photographed. You know, I want to be beautiful and feel beautiful and reconnect Mm. with myself and because it is a very empowering uh experience as Mm. well you know to have your hair and makeup done professionally and to be able to be photographed feeling beautiful wearing something gorgeous that you know makes you feel good um it's yeah it it really is it helps you feel seen Mm. you know especially if you are at that point in your um you know when your children are little and you are potentially in pajamas a lot of the day and, and yeah. that's okay because that's just the stage of your life you are in. Yeah. But as you explained earlier, when you are working with someone, you are getting them the, the brief is where who are you and who would you, who would you like to be in five years or three years or whatever? And often the parent, unless they're like you and having multiple kids in a very short period of time they're getting out of those pajamas sooner than they think and um and seeing what they want to be in a few years time being even as a parent is is a really good thing 
to visualize and to see in a photo yeah be really powerful so yeah yeah that's so exciting I love that I love just love you know people like you that are doing great things and making people realize that they have so much potential and have so much in them already um and then just creating something that they can visually see that as well which is pretty amazing so my last question my favorite question who inspires you oh gosh that is a tricky question I've been thinking about it for ages um <laughs> and you know I, I don't have like say one person or like you know one person who mm. I sort of idolize or anything like that to me what inspires me is when I witness people in the moment being generous being compassionate um doing the hard things you know owning their vulnerability speaking their truth like you know that to me it's 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 yeah that to me is super inspiring when I can be witness to that you know whether it's with friends in business or whatever and just seeing people um give the best of themselves you know um yeah uh, that really inspires me and that that to me is like you know that's what we need more of and for people to be able to see what that is and to feel that and to pass it on Mm. you know that's really what inspires me so I I'm lucky to say that I'm surrounded by people who who exhibit um that kind of I guess you know greatness Mm. you know in moments um like all the time so yeah I think a lot of women a lot of men as well um who are part of my life who constantly inspire me with their I guess with their greatness you know wow yeah that's amazing and how incredible that you've identified these traits as as things that you want in the people around you and and we all have choice we have choices who as to who we have in our circle Mm -hmm. and um you know, it sounds like you've actively made the choice to find these beautiful people and, and to see these skills and attributes in them and, and just, yeah. Wow. Well, that is a great answer to the question because it's a tricky question <laughs> it and is, everyone yeah. gets stumped. I love it. That's why it's my favorite question. Cause on top of, I, I've often gone through a whole heap of things and people are just like, yeah, they have all the answers. And then I get to this one and they're like, I don't know <laughs> well, I know, but I can't nail it down to one person or whatever. So yeah, that is all good. Well, thank you so much for the chat today. Um, as I said, for our listeners, if um, you have listened to anything we've chatted about, be it you just want to get your hands on some tea or you would um, love to chat to Melissa about the work that she does and how she can, um, you know, create something for you or work with you to create something really beautiful, um, all her details will be in our show notes. Um, but thank you again for being a guest. Thank you, Caroline. I've loved it. It's been <laughs> It's been the best way to spend a morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for our listeners, we will chat to you again on the next episode of She Inspires Me. Thank you for joining us today and for being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe, to share this episode with your friends and family, and to join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.